Sophia. How are you doing on this fine June day? I'm recovering from news that you told me that made me cry. <laughs> As only a best friend can, um, because we're about to become long distance best friends again. Longer distance. Oh, don't say it. Don't say it. I'm not ready. I know that we haven't been in school together for a long time, but at least we'll still talk books from afar. I, I think the distance from Waterloo to Toronto is less than the distance from Waterloo to London, isn't it? I think it is. Okay, but, so we're less long distance than we were when you were in your master's. You're right. It's just the length of time because of traffic. It's a disaster. <laughs> that is true. That is true. <laughs> but that is all a moot point because... We have, well, all of our episodes are very special, but we have a very, very special episode this week. Yes. One of, like, the, it, this felt like a dream come true, and I was so excited because um, this week we got to talk to Lynn Painter, who is just as cool as I imagined. I'm so excited. I mean, I, I'm sorry, I'm sure you're a little bit jealous because tragically you couldn't come, but it was so fun. <laughs> So this is a bit of a different episode this week. Sophia took the reins on this one. I was unavailable to record. We're doing this intro after the fact of the interview, but I wasn't able to be there for the interview, unfortunately, which I was really disappointed about. But No, uh, hopefully we get to talk to her again because she is so smart and so funny. I just thought she was great to talk to you. So um, it was really fun. But Sophia did a very amazing job oh, thank you. interviewing Lynn Painter-Kirkle. Yes. Lynn is an emerging author, um, so she recently just released her book, Better Than the Movies, which is kind of every movie lover's dream. Um, it's a YA romance, and it centers around the character Liz Buxbaum, um, and Liz is obsessed with rom-coms, as many of us are, I feel, and so she's obsessed with the soundtracks, she's obsessed with the meet-cute, she loves all the tropes. And essentially what happens is um, her childhood crush moves home and she decides that this is her moment, her time to shine. And she goes about trying to um, get him to take her to prom. And to do this, she enlists the help of her neighbor, Wes Bennett, who is not boyfriend material. But as we know, this is how many boyfriends are made. It's just, it's wonderful. I am very excited to hear this interview that I wasn't there to attend, but <laughs> without further ado, let's take it away, Sophia. Um, Lynn, I know I just said this, but thank you again so much for coming on. Thank How you. Are you? <laughs> I am great. It's actually hot summer all of a sudden here after our spring sort of crippled, or, you know, it, it just limped along for so long where we thought it was never going to be nice. Oh, and absolutely. then all of a sudden it's like 94 degrees here. Nice. So it's here. Yeah. Finally. How about you? I saw there was snow in parts of Canada like a week and a half ago. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, it never gets old. It's always cold here. But yeah, finally summer. And what better way to celebrate summer than your book, which I'm so excited about. I mean, I feel like I've been talking a mile a minute since I got you here, but I read better than the movies. I think two weeks ago now, I have not stopped talking about it to friends. They are sick of hearing me talk about it. So I'm excited to talk to you about it. <laughs> oh I'm so excited that you're excited. <laughs> Thank you. I mean, I kind of want to know everything, but to begin with, I kind of wanted to know about you. Like what made you want to write? Have you always been a writer? You know, what's weird is it's kind of a duh thing 
where now I'm like, why didn't I know earlier? Like it, when I was in school, I was always a crazy reader, you know, especially, yeah. you know, in your younger years, I was always at the library, always had a book in my hands. And, you know, as I got older, my favorite classes were lit classes. Writing always came super easily to me. But for some reason, nothing ever went off in my head. Like you should actually write. And it seriously wasn't until after I had kids that one day my sister came over and just randomly said, I just saw an author on Oprah. Since you read all the time, you should write a book. And it's so ridiculous that that started it. But I was like, maybe I should try writing. And it's like that, it didn't, it took a long time for it to get there. But that's literally what started. Then I went back to college and studied in the writer's workshop at the University of Nebraska in Omaha. And then it was like, all of a sudden I had focus and felt like that was what I always should have been doing. So that's amazing. Like what a nice clicking into place story. Right. It was kind of backwards. Like I'm so jealous when I hear writers like yesterday, um, uh, Nikessa, I can't think of her last name. She just had a book come out from Berkeley this week called dead, dead girls. Um, it's really cool. It's set in like Harlem Renaissance mystery set in the twenties. Oh. It's amazing. But anyways, but when she's talking, she was saying something about how, you know, she's always been writing and something she wrote when she was 12. And I was like, I'm so jealous that I didn't <laughs> have my head on straight. No, when I was 12. <laughs> no, oh, that's, that's even better though. Sometimes when you like come full circle and you're like, it was meant to be. <laughs> right, right. Journey. Oh, that's amazing. I mean, okay, my next question is, I, I saw this on NetGalley and I immediately requested the arc just based on the cover alone. It's gorgeous. Um, I know listeners can't see it, but we'll post a picture on our account, obviously. But the inspiration for this, where did it come from? For the book or for the cover? Oh, for both. I mean, I guess the- The cover, I lucked out, like literally, like, when you have a book coming out, usually it's a series of back and forth with, you know, you and your agent are like, we like this, we like this color, we don't like this. And it goes back and forth with the art department and stuff until you come up with something you like. This was literally the first thing they showed me was this cover. All they had to do was make a change because I don't know if you have an arc or... No. Okay, so you've got the good one. Uh, not the good one, but the <laughs> arcs accidentally... The way the artist had drawn the face, I'm trying to think if I have one sitting by, um, on the dirty dancing pose, his yeah. hands are up in her dress. Oh, no. the <laughs> so somebody <laughs> caught that before it went to, yeah. But it's funny oh, because I got the cover art made into um, a print that I have hung oh. in my office wall and his hands are up her dress in that, <laughs> which I kind of love to have yes. that, you know, the first one, because that was when I was the most excited about oh, it because yeah. I had just seen it, you know, but um, so the artist, Liz Casal, she just nailed that in the art department coming up with that idea. I just couldn't have asked for more. Oh, that's incredible. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And as far as the book itself, um, the inspiration, I think I just was thinking about how interesting it is sometimes the way you see the world is kind of molded a little bit by what you expose yourself to. I mean, obviously in big ways, but even with like the things you watch or the things that you like or the books you read or whatever, it seems like in a way, sometimes they mold your expectations of the world. And I just thought as somebody who loves rom-coms and has since I was a little kid, I thought, how funny to write a person who just expects the running through the train station, big love. Like she just knows it's coming for her. 
she doesn't know how it's going to happen or when, but of course it will happen because okay. her whole life, all she's done is watched Bridget Jones, you know, I, I always want to say sleeping with the enemy, which is so <laughs> wrong. Um, uh, you know what the one I mean, sleeping, yeah. Sandra Bullock, Bill Pullman. Oh, while you were sleeping. While you were sleeping. Got Thank it. you. Not You're the welcome. same at all as sleeping with the enemy. <laughs> yeah. So that's kind of where the idea for the book came from. And then it just kind of rolled from there. <laughs> that's so great. I mean, yeah, like, I feel like this is such a perfect, like, I'm not sure if you went into it, like, knowing it was going to be YA, but like, this is everything, especially when you're a teenager, all you care about is like movies, music, it's like who <laughs> you are. It's so great. I mean, I was 100% that kid in high school who walked around to film soundtracks. 100%. Isn't that funny I think there's so I think you either are or you aren't because that's yeah. the person I was like to this day yeah I can hear a song and immediately and we're all like this with oh, sensory memories but immediately you can hear a song and you've got tears in your eyes absolutely there's a stupid song a Garth Brooks song I don't oh. even remember uh the dance by Garth Brooks it's super old and really kind of cheesy and a big song but like when I was dating my husband a guy we knew played that song and told me that he knew that my husband was going to break up with me. And I heard that song. It was all like a pet. Oh, no, no. And obviously we've got a hundred children and everything was fine. <laughs> but at the time that was like this big, and to this day, like the song will come on and I'll start to get choked up. And my husband's like, no. you know, it was okay. And I'm like, well, I know, but my eyes don't know. You know? Is the, it's like when when a fortune teller tells you like some bad news is coming your way who says that that's awful <laughs> i'm sorry that happened oh no no it's fine it's a hilarious <laughs> story now but i just think it's so funny how music can instantly Absolutely. take you to a moment and when you're in high school and all of the emotions are so big yes oh my gosh that music i mean you look at like olivia Rodrigo right now yeah, and true. taylor swift it's like people who nail that emotional thing because that's what those two artists are so good at just nailing the specifics of how you feel in those moments like in cardigan you know oh yeah and right like it's so, good. so specific so good. yeah and mm -hmm. and i think that yeah that was kind of where the music thing come, came in for me because i was the same as you that was just so important to me in those years yeah I mean, circling back to Cardigan, we thought she couldn't do better after the scarf with the Jake Gyllenhaal song. And oh my gosh, she got us back. I know. And it's like now I'm totally evermore, constantly, uh, all the time. And I didn't think I, I would move on. Yeah, it's just. Exactly. Yeah. I, I'll I get argue it. that one all day, anybody. I'm like, <laughs> you cannot like Taylor Swift all you want. But yeah. if you read her lyrics, you cannot deny yeah. that it's just unreal the way she can write lyrics. 100%. Yeah, mm -hmm. she's phenomenal. Um, my my, I'm going back to here now. Oh, I'm I'm still thinking about it. It's so true. You either are or you aren't. Movie <laughs> soundtrack. <laughs> High school kid. I can't get over it. Um. Okay, my next question is: What do you need around you when you write? And I'm kind of cheating because on your Instagram account, which I love, I saw you unboxing a beautiful notebook, <laughs> and I was like, "What goes oh, into it?" My like, God. I'm a weirdo to see get more of those beautiful notebooks. Um, because for some reason, I don't know why it works for me. When I get like stuck, when I'm writing around my computer, you know, you'll yeah. know something you need to write. Like, oh, okay, I'm going to write this scene. Yeah. But you're just not feeling it or it just seems difficult. For some reason, if I switch mediums and I switch to paper and write it out, mm -hmm. I don't know if it works a different part of your brain. 
but I can usually produce something. And then when I go back to the computer, it kind of meshes it all together. So yes, I have to have notebooks nearby with pretty little pens. I love it. I'm a stationary person. This yeah. Is great. And energy drinks all the time. It's <laughs> terrible. My husband's always like, you need to stop. And I'm like, I know, but I can't. It's okay. That's, that's what it needs to happen to make the genius come out. That's okay. Sure. sure. <laughs> I mean, was it easy writing the book? Like, did it come like you kind of had the idea in it all? It did. I really think, like, I've written other books where it seems really, really hard. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if it's a testament to writing, figuring out the type of book that you're meant to write. Right. Or if it is just luck. Because once I switched, this book just felt, it was just fun. It was just fun to write. And it was easy. And I just um, sent into copy edits uh, my adult rom-com and it was the same thing. Like it just felt so fun and easy. I think for all these years where I wasn't writing rom-com, mm -hmm. I was maybe just missing where I needed to be. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. I mean, when it comes out like that, I'm sure it's like so satisfying and you know that like this is your it realm. Is. Yeah, it's like, it's a special thing when all of a sudden it's the most fun thing ever and you're like, I don't want to sleep. I don't want to go see my yep. family. I don't want to leave this desk <laughs> because I'm having so much fun. That's just the greatest. I'm sure everyone else misses you, but I'm sure we'll be excited when your next book comes out. I was just about to say, I don't think my family probably thinks that's so great where I'm like, whatever, <laughs> I don't care about you. I've got things going on in here. It's <laughs> incredible. Um, okay, going into the actual book itself, uh, you know that I loved like every second of this. It was... <laughs> It felt like everything that I was looking for in a YA novel, but it felt like a grown-up YA novel in a lot of ways because I guess I felt like Liz was going through some real stuff that like I've I've, I've been seeing themes come out more um, in young adult fiction where they start tackling grief, they start talking about like different things like sexuality, like death, like all these other big topics that are coming out. But I wanted to ask like, do you think the genre is different today than it was before? Or like, absolutely, I think so. And and I'm not. I never like it when somebody's like, "Oh, it used to be awful, and now it's good." Because mm -hmm. it's it's that's not the way it is. But I feel like, at least when I was like in high school, right. a lot of YA felt like to me what adults wanted me to be reading. You know, almost mm -hmm. sort of preachy. I mean, a good plot, but it just felt yeah. a little. I don't want to say wholesome because there's nothing wrong with wholesome. Right. But I also feel like teens are sophisticated right now with, with social media and just like senses of humor. I just feel like you're doing a disservice to YA if when you're writing it, you're thinking, how would a teen think this? Mm -hmm. Because it's not that different from the way an adult thinks it a lot of times, you know? Um, but, but I do feel like it's evolved. I feel like there's so many big issues that YA is tackling. And, and I feel like I, I feel like the great thing about YA right now is I feel like in publishing overall, there's there's a big push for the effort to try hard to accomplish some of these things mm -hmm. with diversity, with LGBT, with getting these themes in here and not just preaching one way or the other what you want, but writing characters where readers can see themselves in those characters and, and see people experiencing what they're experiencing. So I really love the direction YA is going. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, that, that tackles everything. I just feel like 
it was the perfect combination of it was exciting the dialogue was so like witty and fun to read I was like I want to talk to these people like it's fantastic <laughs> but then like along with being I guess what I, maybe I describe as like a swooner like Liz is she just feels like such a romantic and I love that about her but she's also like going through real things and it like I mean I we'll put in a, a spoiler alert warning warning but I guess you kind of know this early on in the book but her mom has passed away and that's like a huge deal to anyone um but when you're a teenager like I I felt like this book I wrote it down here like grief was so intricate but it was like the perfect level of absence presence avoidance and remembrance and it was like all of these feelings at once I was like this feels so true to life and I just thought that like I don't remember reading like a YA novel that handled it this well because it was a huge part but it like wasn't everything that she was going through but it was <laughs> and I think that's that's hard and and kind of one of the things I was hoping to accomplish is just the fact I want I wanted to write a fun YA rom-com yeah. you know I, I wanted her to have these issues with grief and her mother and trying to not get on with her life, but find a way to get on with her life without feeling like she's leaving her mother behind. Yep. And, but I didn't want, I personally, I'm, I'm a terrible reader because I, I like happy books and I don't really love reading things that make me sad. Like I know they're important, yes. but reading, I'm all about the beach read and escapism and happy fun stuff. So I struggled when I you want to have some issue that's important. Mm -hmm. And you can't minimize it and be like, oh, no big deal. Let's go drink at a party or something. But you also don't want the whole book to take a dark tone. Yeah. So I really tried straddling because I think that's the reality of being a teenager, whatever issue you're struggling with, mm -hmm. is you do have the back and forth of your daily life and your friends and all the fun, amazing things that are happening when you're 17, 18 years old. Yeah. But there's also so much going on in your heart and your head and balancing it all. So I was hoping to make it where she dealt with her serious issues, but it didn't bring down the tone of the book. Absolutely. Like, I, I just loved it. I thought it was so well done. I don't, I don't know if I can really express it enough, just that, like, it was a huge part of her. And I think that, like, it, that kind of circles back to the grown-up comment that I was making in that, like, it felt mature at the end when she had, again, spoiler alert, but <laughs> when she was talking to Joss, like, her best friend and she was explaining why she had been avoiding things and like flaking out quote unquote on like certain things and you know that is like those are real talks that you have with your friends in high school and it's it's maybe something that like not that we shy away from as adults but like when you're going through such like a, a poignant time already and that is there and it's present <laughs> you know it's just it was a yeah. conversation where I was like wow like this would be great to read and understand like <laughs> You know, as a teen uh, going through that, but I just loved it. Um, <laughs> it was great. <laughs> um, and then I guess going um, back into that, like circling back, I also liked how like Liz's stepmother, that whole relationship was portrayed. I mean, it's so hard to find, I guess, a completely like realistic relationship between step parents because it's so unique every time right but like i feel like this was such a good portrayal of like good step parenting in that like she was always supportive she was always there and then like when that whole tension came to a head it, it was 
such a great thing to actually have shown because I feel like most people struggle with that when they yeah. enter those relationships. And it was just, again. Yeah. And so many times it's, it's, there are all of those intricate things where it's, it's not a matter of the, this, the teenager not liking the step parent. They can yeah. think the step parent is very cool, but there's all of the complex issues with what role are you in now? Are you taking yeah. my mother's role? And if I accept this part of you that I really like, is that going to wipe away my mother's role entirely? And it's, it's so tricky, I think, whether it be divorce or grief mm -hmm. with step parenting, that I wanted to try to be true to that and find them find their happy ending without denying that that exists because you know i think sometimes it's either the super bad step parent you know the evil step parent yeah or else it's the great step parent and yes. it doesn't show a lot of those like most of the time for a lot of us a step parent was all of a sudden there's a stranger in your life that you're living with and and there's so many complex emotions that go along with that that it's tricky <laughs> yes <laughs> absolutely i mean i i have had step parents and like again it's one of those moments I feel like in books where a lot of times it's either super bad super great or it's like oh this was a closed door conversation that isn't in the book for some reason don't worry about it <laughs> like yeah, they're or, like this is my stepmom and you're like yeah, that's cool. it like you're, you're like, roommates? <laughs> like like it's just this person that lives in the house and you call them your stepmom but yeah yeah I, absolutely and I think that like the conversation especially towards the end which I, I will try not to get into too much because I want people to read it um but like again, it kind of brought it out into the light. It was a clear conversation. And I was like, wow, like, I just felt like the focus there was really great. And it was also like, I felt like this was a closed door conversation that we got to be a part of. And it's like, this isn't, as you said, someone who's just like your roommate now, like right. this is someone who you also are kind of now having a relationship with. And there's all these emotions. It's, it's so, yeah. yeah. I thought that was really well done. Um, I just loved it. <laughs> It's such a unique portrayal. Like I thought it was fantastic. Um, and then I guess my next thing is I have to talk about Wes because <laughs> perfect, like such a fun character. I, like I just loved it. And I felt like that moment where, you know, they're both like kind of like, oh, like what are these feelings going on here? This is very confusing. <laughs> It was so fun to read about and it was like the chemistry was jumping off the page like i don't know like do you think that wes would have confessed his feelings to liz by the end of the book if it wasn't for the bet that was going on for michael or i don't know i feel like wes knew her well enough like knew her as well as she knows herself yeah that i i think that wes probably knew that she would have to come to something on her own like I think he knew if he just said I don't want to give away spoiler but you know <laughs> I've always said a thing for you I think she would have either been like what are you doing are you messing with me or you're the jerk neighborhood boy you're not at all what I'm looking for right so so no I don't think he would have but I also think Wes was persistent enough and knew her well enough where he might have found a way even if it weren't the bet found some other way <laughs> to weasel his way in there <laughs> I love it I mean like again another thing that I loved about it was like the whole neighborhood kid 
like relationships if you're lucky enough to have lived in one neighborhood for like most of your childhood like those relationships are pretty solid and golden and it was really sweet to see them like together in the book like I just love that concept in general so I'm so excited me too that was one of my favorite things because like I don't know if you know everybody's neighborhoods are different but like growing up in my neighborhood it's like you had your school friends mm -hmm. that were your chosen friends, like your best friends and the people that you picked to be your inner circle or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And, but before you're of driving age, especially like late elementary school or early middle school, mm -hmm. you had your proximity friends yeah. where they're the people who live near you. So you played hide and seek, you played softball or whatever. You ran around the neighborhood being yeah. idiots <laughs> with the people who lived by you. And like in my neighborhood, some of them were jerks that I didn't like that much. Mm -hmm. Some of them were fun. Some of them were a little strange, yeah. but you all were like, okay, it's it's 6 p.m. Let's go outside. And oh, look, they're playing kickball at the end of the street. Mm -hmm. But you knew each other pretty well. And so I thought it would be so fun to take these people that knew the little weirdo Liz so well, you know, the, yep. the strange kid she was. Yeah. And then fast forward to high school where she's trying to convince them that she's cool now, mm -hmm. you know, and we're all okay. like that, where you see somebody you used to know and you're trying to pull off that you're cool, but inside your head, <laughs> you're always still your weird little self, you know? Yes. Absolutely. So I thought that was really fun to try to have her show Michael she's cool and have it backfire and end up showing him that she actually is exactly who she <laughs> always was, you know? Yes. <laughs> like, it was so phenomenal. I mean, I just really liked it. And it's so true. Those bonds like are really fun to explore, especially when, you know, your high school years are all about like your identity in general. You're always mm -hmm. trying to reinvent yourself anyway. Like it's just such a fun thing to go into. Um, but speaking of kind of the identity thing, I wanted to talk about um, the makeover scene, which I know you have already talked about with um, Daila over on Indigo's oh. interview. Uh, such a such a fun interview everyone should listen to that as well um I, I really have been like fangirling over this book really yeah but that whole concept fascinated me because when you were talking to her I loved it um you were talking about like romance rom-coms and like the fact that things are not the way they used to be and it was the whole she's all that thing where we would never really expect at the same overt level, like the makeover scene where the girl all of a sudden I, like drops everything and right. she's popular now and that's how it works. And what I loved about this, which again, spoiler alert, but there's so many good things to talk about. I can't not talk about it while you're here. But I loved that at the end when she tried the makeover, she was like, you know what? Great. It did its purpose. It worked. But then she went back to her own style and Wes prefers it. That was awesome. Were you conscious of that when you were writing it where you were like, okay, hold on. Like that felt like a, like almost like a feminist rewrite of sorts. Yeah, you know, sort of. And I think part of it was, I, I had the little self-realization that I actually loved those makeover movies. You know, when you watch yeah. them, they were like, you're like, oh, look, he's falling for her. Yeah. And it's not till you get a little older that you're like, yeah, but why wouldn't they have fallen for her without, you know, yep. it's, like when you watch an old classic movie and they'll have the secretary with her hair in a bun and glasses, she's still stunning. She's Marilyn Monroe, but everybody's like, oh, she's an awful spinster nerd. And then she takes <laughs> off her glasses and shakes out her hair and everybody's like, 
wow, she is really <laughs> worthy of our attention now, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's so irritating. And so I wanted to toy with Wes thinking that she needed a makeover, you know, because he, right. he teases her, but good naturedly yeah. about the dresses she wears all the time and, you yeah. know, her old lady style or whatever. Yeah. And um, I just thought it would be fun to have him be like, you know, maybe you should try to cool it up a little bit, you mm -hmm. know, dress a little more like the hot girls, you know? So she's like, well, I do want to land Michael. So I guess, you know, maybe I can wear these clothes. And, and I thought it was fun to have Wes and have even her friends be like, wow, you look great. This is awesome. Mm -hmm. But then have her realizing that that's not what she wants and also realizing yeah. that she kind of doesn't like it when Michael seems to respond to her new look because she's yeah. like, shouldn't he have responded before like is that what it takes you know mm -hmm. so then it was like in my attempt at redemption is having him at the end being like oh your curls came back and he's like yeah. I think I like them better than your straightened hair you know you look that's better nice. when you're yourself <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> I just loved it I thought it was so great I mean I'm the same way as you I I'm a film major I love old Hollywood I love like everything like that like the breakfast club moments where the makeover happens it's one yes. of the best parts and right you know like you you have to fangirl over it you have to enjoy it but it's like at the same time like if this was one of your friends would you be like oh this guy only liked you after you did all this interesting right no. like it, it was a really realistic portrayal i think and i liked the confidence that liz had where yes she was exploring different things about her identity but she knew who she was and that yeah was i i don't feel like she ever thought please mold me into the girl you think Michael wants. She yeah. was kind of opposed to it, but then she used her brain and went, well, if I'm going to be around all of these quote unquote, you know, hot popular girls, maybe I should dress the way they're dressing to get mm -hmm. him to notice me almost like initially, you know? Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> it was so well done. I loved it. I And it was so fun that we still got to have that, but then also like that added layer of like, it felt more realistic and it was really fun. Um, and then like, I felt like the, too, the, the Wes moment of like her saying like, oh, I'm glad your curls are back was very like Darcy from Bridget Jones where she was like, you're perfect just the way you are. And I was like, oh my gosh, like it was so well. I so love good. that movie. I love that movie too. <laughs> I like, oh my gosh, even her cat's name, like I won't give it away, but like, I, it was such if a If you good know, movie. you know, right? You're like, yes. I know that name. <laughs> like as soon as it came up, I was like, I'm gonna love this book. <laughs> it was so well done. Um, my next question, um, Liz's fashion. I know it's described a lot. I adore it. I, who do you think her fashion icons were would be? Like in my mind, I was like, oh, like she's probably dressing like Zoe Deschanel or like. Oh my gosh, I was just about to really? say. Oh, I, I was just about to say Jessica Day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> totally new girl outfits. All of those dresses that have the the cinched waist and the big yes. flowing skirt with the flats and yeah. yep uh, every time I read about one of her outfits like I think that was the thing too when Michael was like oh your your waitress uniform interesting and she was like yes I have a shift at the diner <laughs> like, uh, diner was, like, <laughs> and then of course that. Wes has to be like really the <laughs> diner that's so good I like as soon as I read that I was just picturing like Zoe Deschanel's face for a second where she kind of like looks off to the side and she's like mm-hmm <laughs> so it's funny you said that because in my head there's a whole 
the character of Liz wasn't conceived at all thinking of Jessica Day or Zoe mm -hmm. Deschanel. But after I started drafting it and stuff, the whole little Liz, you know, like her flashbacks of, of the ridiculous things yep. she did when she was little in the neighborhood. I always think about when they show flashbacks on New Girl. Yes. Of Jessica Day when she was a kid. Just yep. she was so weird. And that's exactly oh, how yeah. I picture Liz when she was a kid. <laughs> that's amazing. I, I loved it. I like it was so great. Um, and then the playlist at the end, phenomenal. Do you still listen to it? Oh my gosh. Do you know what's funny is I you'd think I would be sick of it. Mm -hmm. And my husband, he's totally an audiophile. Like he's got just a bajillion records and CDs because he likes the hardcore. Like my kids yep. kind of roll their eyes because if he likes uh, an album, he wants the tangible album. He doesn't yep. want to have it on Apple Music. Yep. And they're always like, nobody has CDs. And he's like, well, I have, you know, <laughs> yeah. After I came up with the, he was the one who said, you know, you should see if they'll put the playlist in the end of the book. So that goes to my husband. But, um, so then he burned for me on a CD, the soundtrack. And it's even, we don't have it right here. The ketchup on a napkin no. picture of WB plus LB, you know? Oh my and God. Uh, I listen to it in my car all the time because yes, my car's oh. old enough that it still has a CD player in it. Um, <laughs> but it's so funny because I do I listen to it still all the time and my daughter is five mm -hmm. so it's like I'll have to carefully go through because you know you'll have like the super nice like Adele song and then yeah. all of a sudden it goes to Mac Miller and you're like welcome to the five-year-old do not listen to Up All Night by Mac Miller you know <laughs> or Jay-Z nope nope no. not for you <laughs> not yet not yet <laughs> that's amazing oh I love that um and then I, I guess I have to ask too, like as like a fellow like romance fan, what's your favorite trope? Like what's your favorite go-to? You know, that's like picking your favorite kid. <laughs> I mean, I love fake dating always because oh, I think yeah. it's so fun to see two people learn to see each other through different eyes. You know, mm -hmm. it, it's always that where you're like, all right, what, you know, like the proposal yes. with Sandra Bullock. I when when she starts to see the way he interacts with his grandmother and stuff. Mm -hmm. And you get to see them learn about them through their own actions. Yeah. So that one's always really fun. Um, uh, 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 I just, the other day I just answered this and I was like, nope, that one's better than fake dating. And I can't think of what it is now. Um, Enemies to Lover, I always love. Like The Hating Game by Sally Thorne. Oh my gosh, I could read that over and over and over again. Um, and I love, I don't think it's an official trope, mm -hmm. but the whole like Darcy theme of yeah. he hates everyone in the world, <laughs> but this one person. I always love that. It's so good. I've never yeah. heard it described that way, but it's perfect. Yes, <laughs> totally. That's exactly it. That's like, mm -hmm. that's the, the best. Like he part. hates all people, but he <laughs> burns for her, you know? Oh, so good. That's amazing. Um, and then my other one was there's so many great things. So every chapter of your book, it starts off with like a quote from a different rom-com, which is the best. It was the thing I looked forward to. Like every, Not that I didn't look forward to everything else, but it was so nice to have that. Um, what are your top three like rom-com go-tos? You know, my comfort rom-coms, I love the canon, like When Harry Met Sally and You've yes. Got Mail. Those are two that I've seen enough times where I can literally quote like every noise, you know, I mean, it's just, 
yeah what are those words like you you can just hear the word like happy and you're like happy thanksgiving back like you've <laughs> seen it so many times you know oh, good but then like when i i probably didn't see crazy stupid love until oh, a year ago it's so good. and that one's been like my crazy favorite lately where i swear i watch that like once a month Awesome. I still, as much as the theme is problematic or the, the little plot baby, mm -hmm. pretty woman, I still adore. I, uh, I mean, so it's good. got so many issues with it, but yeah. Gary Marshall was just so quality so good. at making those movies, you know? I, I love that movie too. I, I think like Julia Roberts, anything she's in, I will oh, be there. Although, you know what's weird? I thought I had seen Notting Hill before. Yeah. And last night I saw it for the first time no yes i'm so shocked i couldn't believe it i mean i've heard you know i'm just a girl you know yep I and i i've seen parts of it so i think i thought i saw the whole thing and the last thing i was like i turned yeah. it on in the background and then i was like i have not seen this whole thing that's amazing it's yeah. like a, a slow discovery i love it <laughs> right it was wild but yeah anything with awesome. hugh grant i mean oh. his banter he's just nobody does it like him like yeah. Even in Bridget Jones' diary, you don't want her to no. end up with him, <laughs> yeah. but you still love him. The way he, the banter with her skirt yeah. and everything, he's just so great. I think if it was anyone else, like we, we would fully be like, oh, this is problematic. We can't watch it, but we know it's problematic sometimes, but we still watch it because. Oh, it's totally. <laughs> like the two weeks notice with him and Sandra Bullock. Yes. Just the things he says, it just oh, makes yeah. me cackle. Just his little, <laughs> no. when he says things like, or should I do short little gunfire bursts of, oh, of crying. I mean, there's just, who can deliver it like Hugh Grant? I don't know, really? it's just amazing. Yeah, he's great. Um, I, I also have one final thing for you because again, as a fellow cinephile in the romance genre, <laughs> I thought it would be fun if we did a this or that for rom-coms, if you're okay. up for it. It might be like choosing between children again if it's yeah, like, yeah. hard. <laughs> I'll be like, no, it's kind of like when you go to the eye doctor and they're like, yeah. which one's better? And you're like, I don't know. They're both pretty good. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay. Um, so pick one. Pride and Prejudice with Colin Firth or Pride and Prejudice with Kira Knightley? Kira Knightley. Awesome. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> so good. The hand flags and the near kiss yeah. in the oh. rain. Oh God! I mean, yeah. When he says Mr. Wickham and looks at her mouth, <laughs> oh, every time I die. So good. Okay, uh, Bridget Jones's Diary or Bridget Jones's Baby? I've only seen the first one. I oh. know. I just there's certain movies that I You're love, so love much it. that I'm afraid of sequels because no. I don't want it to ruin the first one. I didn't like the sequel of Bridget Jones as much, but I did like the last one. It has um Patrick Dempsey as well. So it was like oh, that that's never a bad thing. No, never a bad thing. <laughs> Throw McDreamy in there. Yeah, that doesn't sound awful. Yeah. <laughs> Instantly better. <laughs> Ten levels better. Okay. Um Crazy Stupid Love or Sweet Home Alabama. Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh. I mean I'm super obsessed with Crazy Stupid Love right now because I oh, love Jacob Palmer beyond a healthy level. Yep. Um, but Sweet Home Alabama, her Jake is amazing. I know. And that's, I'm gonna have to go with Crazy Stupid Love, but that one is so incredibly close. It's, it's a tough one. Okay. No, wait, um, Sweet Home Alabama. No. <laughs> it's a tie. It's a tie. Can't. That's fair. I just can't. That's allowed. Um, Dirty Dancing or Grease? Oh. <laughs> I, 
Okay, I'll qualify it. If I had to just like, which one would you rather watch at any given time? Yes. Probably Dirty Dancing, okay. but it has a lot of fun high school watching memories tied into it for mm -hmm. me. Mm -hmm. Grease is Grease, but I don't have the connection. So it's Dirty Dancing for me. That's fair. I carried a watermelon is pretty iconic as a line. Right? So it's too good to walk away from. Um, oh, okay. When Harry met Sally or you've got mail? Oh, that one is impossible. <laughs> I mean, that's, I, hold on, let me think. Okay. I don't know, because seriously, it's like every year in the fall, the first mm -hmm. time it feels fall-ish, yeah. I'm like, I have to watch, I have to watch both of those, so but good. Meg Ryan carrying her pumpkin and a little fair in New York City with FOX <laughs> is so, although I honestly think that, okay, I'm going to say When Harry Met Sally, okay, because I think I like the, the actual love story in that, mm -hmm. maybe marginally better than You've Got Mail, but I like You've Got Mail as a movie better, does that make yes. sense? It does. <laughs> I'm, I'm here, I'm thinking with you. Um, okay, uh, Pretty Woman or 10 Things I Hate About You? <gasps> How can you pair these like this? This it is was terrible. I know, it was diabolical. Um, okay, I'm going to have to pick Pretty Woman Okay, because I've loved it for so long. So good. Oh, but Patrick and 10 Things I Hate About You is just the dreamiest. And I love Kat so much. Me too. I'm still sticking with Pretty Woman. Okay. Good call. Good call. It was a tough one. That I'll was regret good. that later. I'll be sending you. <laughs> Can you delete that and change my answer? <laughs> we'll edit it so you say both, and then right. we'll just... boom. There you go. <laughs> okay. Um, twenty-seven dresses or love actually. I hate to admit this. I've never seen love actually. That's okay. <laughs> so I'm gonna go with twenty-seven dresses. Good call. We love that one. Anything with a wedding, check. Uh huh. Um, okay, last one. Long shot or the proposal? The proposal. Okay. Betty White. Sandra Bullock and uh, uh, Betty White are just so fantastic in that movie. They're awesome. I mean, you know, of course, there's a Ryan eye candy, but yes. Sandra Bullock, I just love her so much. She's fantastic. Yeah, mm -hmm. I, I love that movie too. Thank you so much. I'm sorry that I put you in that awful position. <laughs> yeah, what are you that. doing? That's just me. I'm going to be. <laughs> anguishing over this for the rest of the day i know <laughs> canadians have a reputation for being nice so i had to just dis disrupt that immediately at the end you know, you know what's hilarious is i've always thought that was funny you know everybody's you know like haha canadians are so nice and in my whole publishing thing <laughs> yeah like all of the girls who work in like marketing and public relations in yep. uh simon and schuster canada mm -hmm. are like crazy ridiculous amazing delightfully nice oh, that's great and then so <laughs> many canadian readers will send like notes where i'm like it seriously is true oh that's so it's funny. not a stereotype all canadians are nice i, I it's don't know. science we do have mm -hmm. some like margaret from the proposal i mean that toronto stereotype could be real <laughs> but thank you for saying it i haven't met any yet i'll say oh, that i hope that continues <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you so much for doing this. I, I can't believe I got to talk to you. Um, oh, I'm so happy. <laughs> this was so much fun. I think I could chat all day. I know. It was so much fun. I mean, where can people find you online? We have to keep an eye out for your next book. We're so excited. 
Um, my website is just lynnpainter.com. Um, I'm an idiot. I didn't realize this until somebody asked me this recently. And my Twitter handle is like at LA Painter. Perfect. And my Instagram is at Lynn Painter Kirkle. And then my Facebook is at like LA Painter Books. So I really just didn't know what brand I was going to go with apparently. So it's pretty much just anything you guess you might find me. <laughs> That's amazing. Well, thank you so much again. This was so fun. Well, thank you. This was <laughs> awesome. Have a great day. Thank you. Bye. Bye.